50 feet long, 3 feet wide, wielding razor-sharp fangs and diamonds in its eyes, the Hootslang is a legendary cryptid from South Africa. A primordial serpent residing in a cave of diamonds, intruders and would-be thieves don't even see the Hootslang before its purely evil presence ensnares their mind and paralyzes them with fear. But are legends about the Hootslang to be believed, or are they simply the byproduct of mankind's illustrative storytelling and fear of the unknown? Those are the questions that we're trying to answer in this episode of the Messed Up Origins podcast. But first, if you're a fan of cryptid folklore and mythology, be sure to sacrifice those five-star and follow buttons to the algorithm gods to get more content like this sent to your device every Friday morning. Also, make sure you check out our latest merch drop over at meremortals.store. We've got messed up origins, hoodies and hats, mythology t-shirts, and at the end of this month, you can expect a super special Halloween drop. So make a mental note and mark your calendars. Again, that's meremortals.store. All right, let's dive into some African folklore, shall we? I know it's been a while. Our last deep dive into the culture was almost exactly two years ago when I talked about the messed up origins of Anansi or Anansi, however you want to pronounce it. So I just want to thank you for your patience during that extensive break. But while we're on the subject of pronouncing things, I feel like I've got to start this off by addressing the correct pronunciation of Hootslang. Full disclosure, I'm saying it to the best of my ability as an English speaker from the Midwest United States, but I know I'm not saying it right. This might be kind of a shock to you, but I wasn't raised in a household that spoke African or Dutch, which are the two languages that Hootslang originates from. In both languages, the word translates to big snake, which is pretty on brand. I was advised by a South African native in the comments that if I want to hear a reliable pronunciation, I could go to Google Translate, set the language to African, and have it say the word for me. And that sounds like this. Hootslang. But if I change the language to Dutch, the pronunciation is slightly different. Grootslang. 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 So there you have it. Our choices are Grootslang or Grootslang. And I'll probably be switching back and forth throughout this episode, depending on what noise is easier for my mouth to make. The one thing I can say for sure is that it's definitely not pronounced Grootslang. I was roasted in the comments of my original Grootslang short because that's how I said it, and I want to spare you the same fate. And I am sorry to the people who are planning on commenting, I am Groot Slang. It just doesn't work that way. So now that we kind of know how to pronounce Groot Slang, what is the Groot Slang? According to South African legend, the Hootslang is a primordial monstrosity that's as ancient as the Earth itself. It was one of the gods' first creations, and it was a lesson learned for them, because had they known better, they would have never designed a creature that was so strong, so smart, and so beautiful. It had the speed and cunning of a serpent, the raw strength and wisdom of an elephant, and its physical features were a mix of these two animals. With that much power, the Hootslang species was destined to dominate the Earth and smother out all other creatures' chances at not just thriving, but even surviving. And so the gods knew they had to make good on their mistake. They rounded up all the Hootslangs that had been created so far and used their godly abilities to disassemble them into two different animals. The elephant and the snake, which inhabit the African continent to this day. But what the gods didn't realize is that one lone Hootslang managed to escape. Under the nose of the gods, the Hootslang fled to a region that's known as the Richtersfeld, a desert landscape situated in the northwestern corner of South Africa's Northern Cape province. Characterized by rugged gorges and high mountains, the scenery in the Richtersfeld is extremely diverse, 
ranging from flat to sandy to coastal plains to craggy, sharp mountains of volcanic rock. It was in this region that the Hritzlang found its new home, a massive cave known as the Wonder Hole, not to be confused with the glory hole that's occupied by a far sadder snake. According to local legend, the Wonder Hole is connected to the sea 40 miles away, and if you were to lean over the edge of the so-called bottomless pit, you would hear the echoes of the ocean surf crashing on the shore. But the Rutslang didn't choose this cave for the great acoustics. Legends say it's filled with diamonds, which the Rutslang hoards for itself like Schmaug in the Lonely Mountain. It's devoured a number of treasure seekers who didn't believe the beast really existed, with only one man reportedly surviving his attempt to infiltrate its lair. In a book called Where Men Still Dream, published in 1948 and written by South African journalist Lawrence Green, he mentions one tough prospector brave enough to explore the bottomless pit. As he was lowered into the pit, he noticed the air reeked of sulfur and got extremely hot to the point where the cliff face he was using for support was hot to the touch. But only a moment after his feet hit solid ground, a group of bats flew into his face, causing him to drop his flashlight into the abyss below and leaving him in complete darkness apart from the little shining light at the pit's entrance. He signaled to his team above to pull him out, and so they did. But on his way up, his eyes adjusted to the light and he noticed a series of tunnels leading out of the pit. Tunnels that were the perfect size for the Hootslong to navigate its lair and the surrounding areas without being seen, a la the Basilisk and Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets. So while this prospector never saw the Hootslong with his own eyes, he appears to have believed in it more after his experience in the cave and I don't think anyone will be surprised to learn that he vowed to never step foot inside of it ever again. Full disclosure, during my Hootslang research, I came across other mentions of this story that say the prospector dropped his flashlight because he ran into the monster and that the only reason he survived was that he played dead. But those retellings are just spicing up the event that Lawrence Green wrote about to make it more interesting. Admittedly, it's also possible that Lawrence Green added details of his own to this local legend, like the fact that he personally knew the prospector, but I just wanted to be clear for those of you researching the creature yourselves that his book is the source of the story that those articles and wiki entries mention. There is one other famous story about a treasure hunter seeking out the Hootslong's cave, though. In 1917, an English businessman named Peter Grayson and six of his companions sailed to South Africa in search of fame and fortune. Grayson had spent years reading hundreds of old maps and diaries from prospectors and even studied African languages, customs, and local legends in preparation. As you might guess, the most intriguing legend he came across was about the Hootslong, but he didn't necessarily believe in the creature. What appealed to him was the cave full of diamonds that the monster supposedly lived in and how locals were too afraid to harvest those diamonds themselves, because that meant it would be ripe for the taking. Grayson knew that navigating the cave would be treacherous and his men realized that as well, but they didn't expect their journey to the cave to be so unforgiving. On their first night in the African wilderness, their camp was attacked by a lion who killed one of their party immediately and maimed another before being scared off. Someone had to take the injured companion back to town, so their party of seven had already been reduced to four on the very first night. Then, a few days later, it shrank once more when another man died from a poisonous bite that came from an insect or a snake. And just when things seemingly couldn't get any worse, yet another companion came down with an illness, and not wanting to suffer the same fate as his partners, 
begged to be escorted back to town. This left Grayson completely alone in the African wildlands. He easily could have joined the sick man and his escort on the return journey. Hell, they tried to convince him to, but he reportedly responded, I can do this on my own. This is the point where the Arrested Development narrator chimes in and says, He didn't. Because when a rescue party returned to the campsite a week later, it was deserted. The camp was still there, but it was in complete disarray, and Grayson was nowhere to be found. Some say he was killed by a lion, but others insist it was the Hootslong. As for me, I don't really buy that the story happened, because the only source for it I could find was an archived Augusta Chronicle article from 1998, which had no citations. But it's one of the most famous legends connected to the Hootslong, so I knew if I didn't mention it, I'd have a bunch of my fellow folklore enthusiasts asking about it. By the way, if any one of you watching does have a more reliable source for the Peter Grayson story, feel free to comment it, and if our experts verify it, I'll pin it to the top. In the meantime though, I want to address one last question. Does the Hootslong really exist? The answer depends on who you ask. I gathered during my research that the older generation of South Africans still believe in the creature, while younger generations are more skeptical that it could still be out there. But I want to put some emphasis on the phrase, still out there, because while South African experts like Lawrence Green theorized that Hootslong legends may have originated from encounters with pythons, there is an issue with that. The only python that would be a suitable candidate for such a mix-up is the South African rock python, which maxes out at 20 feet long, but that's only in freak occurrences. On average, it's quite a bit shorter, usually around 15 feet at the high end. Either way, a lot smaller than the 50 foot long, 3 foot wide legendary Hootslong. Exaggerations are common in cryptid folklore, so it's totally possible that someone really did encounter a big snake and overestimated its size because of fear and panic, but to me, that's just a massive exaggeration. Then again, I live a pretty cushy lifestyle here in Chicagoland and don't know what it's like to encounter a 15-foot snake so maybe I'd exaggerate just as much. It's also worth mentioning that Hootslong witnesses would not be using imperial units of measurement either. So for them to exaggerate, they would say a five meter snake is 15 meters instead of saying the 15 foot snake is 50 feet. So the differences are a little less dramatic. And the final point that has to be mentioned is genetic memory. I bet you didn't think I was gonna say that, did ya? The Hootslong may have a one-of-a-kind background, but he's far from the only big snake in folklore and myth. Norse mythology has Thor's rival Jormungandr. In Greek myth, Apollo slays a massive serpent that coincidentally is named Python. And who could forget Quetzalcoatl from Aztec myth? We already know that giant reptiles roamed the earth millions of years ago, so who's to say that giant snakes didn't exist at some point as well? And maybe they left a lasting impression on all of these aforementioned cultures that led to stories like that of the Hootslong being passed down for millennia. Maybe one day someone will be brave enough to explore the Wonder Hole and we'll have our answer. But until that day comes, I'll be at the Glory Hole. You can't end it like that. But what do you think, mere mortals? Is the Hootslong a work of fact or fiction? Let me know by hitting up Messed Up Origins on social media. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Then make sure you sacrifice those five-star and follow buttons if you want to help the podcast grow and get more deep dives into myth and folklore sent to your device every Friday morning. Oh, and remember to check out merementals.store to get more Messed Up Origins merch. Since you made it all the way to this point in the episode, I'll give you an exclusive code, Big Snake, 
for 10% off. I hope to see you again next week when I dive into the messed up origins of one of our few remaining Olympians. Until then, my name is John Solo, and remember, John shot first. Thank you.